Thank you so much. I only tell this because it's so fitting. I normally don't tell things uh, horrific and that's very disturbing before a message, but honestly, I deal with it all the time. It doesn't hinder me from sharing with you and being positive and enjoying you. But Kelton talked about that, and then, of course, the song by Hazel, all of it so fitting. Uh, I spent the entire time driving over here talking to a grandmother. Uh, she's a friend. She doesn't live around here, but in tears just beside herself. Her granddaughter was brutally raped. Uh, she's 16, and uh, they're dealing with that. And then her brother, uh, the grandmother's grandson, uh, just got over trying to commit suicide. And it's a horrible, horrible situation. I honestly don't know what's going to happen, uh, how they'll get through this, but please pray for this family. You don't have to know who they are. She would not want you to know who they are. But please pray for them, and, and this is this is almost a daily thing, and, and it, it used to be so out of the ordinary, didn't it? You hear something like that, oh my goodness, never heard anything like that. No, it just blends right in with the rest of it. It's a horrible day in the 21st century. It really is. But aren't you glad that there is that day Amen. when we won't have any of this anymore? Right. Remember, if you will, please. Uh, Sunday, Sunday school, all of it, and then uh, Brotherhood Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. This is for all the men, uh, Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, right back in the fellowship hall, and that would be a great time. September the 10th, here on Saturday night, 6 o'clock in this auditorium, the Dixie Echoes will be here. Just an old-fashioned uh, Saturday night singing. You'll enjoy them. It'll be a wonderful time together. Pray for Travis. He's having another surgery on this Friday morning at Floyd. Hopefully this relieves some of his pain in his left leg and foot. He's in a lot of pain. Travis has a, a difficult life as it is, but please pray for him about this. And Frank, we are praying for you and your family. Miss Wanda goes to see the hematologist tomorrow in Cartersville, and this is the last stage of it all. I don't know of anything else that could happen that would uh, delay her surgery, but he will determine why her blood platelets are so high and they've got to be brought down to a normal range before she can have the surgery. So pray for her, if you will, please. Someone asked me if she was just uh, depressed. No, she's frustrated. Uh, and I don't want her to get mad because if she gets mad, <coughs> nobody can do anything with her. Kelton can attest to that. But uh, can't do anything with her when she gets mad. But I'd rather her be mad than depressed. But she is just a little bit frustrated right now. And we want to get this done. So please pray about that. How about your prayer request tonight? Anybody? God bless you, brother. Thankful. It's humble. About the support of my church. Yes, sir. Thankful for the flowers, phone calls, the texts, the messages. Means more than my local church will ever know. Yes, sir. Please continue to remember my sisters. I'm all right. I know. I know she's all right. Yes, sir. 
I just get a little emotional sometimes. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. Also, y'all remember Sheena Carroll, she had a liver uh, surgery yesterday. Yeah. Pray that that goes well. All right. I believe, don't mean to, but I read it today where they posted that they think the surgery was a success. Good. And yeah. she's cancer free. That dear lady has been through if, it. If the information we had is correct. Yeah. She's been going through this for a few years. Yeah. And if you've never been to a Catholic service, it's very interesting. Funeral, it's very interesting. I've been, I've been to one or two. Yes, it's sir. very interesting. Yes, sir. Any more? Any prayer requests? My uh, sweet granddaughter, Julia, which is in the back. Yes, ma'am. She Last week she had COVID and strep throat, and she kept complaining that her heart was beating fast. So she went to urgent care yesterday, and they told her mama that she has a heart murmur, and that she's got to see a cardiologist to see if it's how bad it is, if, you know, calls from COVID, or, but uh, she found out school this week, she's tired, she's not eating. Absolutely. We're praying for her, and you keep us posted on that, okay? Okay. Carrie? Uh, the dinosaur, you know, they left the other day. Is anybody talking to them? Yes, sir. Uh, he's just having a hard time emotionally. Yeah. I went out, I had to go out on the parking lot with him before church, and he stayed a few minutes, but he's having a very difficult time. Emotionally. How's Ricky doing? Ricky's doing better. He's coming along. He's eating, uh, digesting food fairly well, and putting on a few pounds. So we're going to get his cholesterol up and everything. That's right. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. All right. What time? Nominating committee tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. All right. Gene was telling me that Bill Langer is back in the hospital. Yes, he is. He is. He hopes to go home tomorrow. Somebody else? Remember. Right. I'm sorry. Bless your little heart. Preacher, this COVID is trying to ramp back up again. We're going to try again this year, the first Friday in November, to take the seniors back to the Apple House in Belichick. Right. I just pray we're able to do that. We've not done it a couple of years now because of this mess. And just pray that we're able to make that trip. Yes, sir. That would be great if you could. That'd be great. Silent request? All right, let's ease over to Luke chapter 9. At the rate we're going, we should be through by next summer. And Luke, Luke chapter 9. We're just taking our time, enjoying the journey. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. And we'll talk about Christian 
messengers or Christian servants, what we all should be and the way we should approach people. This will be interesting to you. Luke 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. A lot of emphasis in Jesus' ministry on healing the sick. We'll talk about the why of that in a moment. Verse 3, And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed because that it was said of some that John was risen from the dead. Now Herod already had him beheaded, so what's going on here? And of some that Elijah had appeared, and of others that one of the old prophets was risen again. And Herod said, John, have I beheaded? But who is this of whom I hear such things? And he desired to see him. Let's talk about Christian servants for a little bit. This concerns all of us, applies to everyone in this room, and how we can do a better job for our Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray for everyone here and all the prayer requests. Uh, so many things going on. It, it's been that way, and it'll continue that way. But your grace is all sufficient. I'm so thankful. Bless everyone standing before me. Meet their every need. And dear Lord, bless Sunday with a wonderful day and all that's going on. Bless in the nominating committee meeting tomorrow night and getting ready for a great new year. And I praise you for all you do. For I ask it in your name of thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Our Lord's earthly ministry is half over in this setting. He's only 18 months before the cross. And he prepares the twelve for their first mission. Up until now, Jesus did all the preaching and all the miracles alone. He did not have help from anyone. The twelve did not assist in any of that. He did all the preaching and all the miracles alone. Now, he's getting them ready to assist him because it won't be long till he goes back to heaven and he'll depend on them to carry on his work and it would be a monumental task. Their first evangelistic tour would be in Galilee. It would consist of only Israel, not the Gentiles. Later on, after Israel rejected Christ as their Messiah, Jesus opened it up to the Gentiles and that's when he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He opened it up to us. Aren't you glad he didn't forget us? Amen. Thank God for that. Israel is still God's chosen people. He's not finished with them yet. They've been set apart. They're blinded. They cannot see. Though they've been back in their land since 1948. They're a sovereign nation. They're not at rest. They have not been at rest. Somebody's always trying to take them out, especially the Palestinians. There's a lot of strife there. 
But Jeremiah talks about a time when they will be at rest. That will happen when he comes back the second time. But not until. But he has great plans for Israel. That's why he sent the gospel message to them first of all. And then to us after they rejected him. Now here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to be encouraged by. Everyone in this room, listen. These twelve were ordinary, common men. They had no special education, no special background, no pedigree, none of that to impress anyone. Ordinary men, most of them were fishermen by trade. But my, how the Lord used them wonderfully. And there's nobody in this room that cannot be used, right? Everyone in here can be used in a wonderful way. And I don't encourage you, but these 12 would take on the greatest task in human history, and that is evangelize the world with the gospel of Christ. What a task before them. Now, they didn't do too good of a job until after they were empowered by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That changed everything. And then after they began serving the Lord through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God, it was said of them in Acts 17, 6, these men turned the world upside down. Did you know these 12 men accompanied by those who made up the church at Jerusalem and later the Gentile church at Antioch, these Christians won over one million people to the Lord Jesus Christ out of the Roman Empire before the turning of the next century. Isn't that amazing? Over a million. The Holy Spirit was working mightily. And you can't do anything without Him. I can't witness without Him. You can't witness without Him. We can't do anything effectively without Him that rings the bells of heaven and causes glory to come to God. We can't do anything that will register in heaven without the blessed Holy Spirit Himself. Amen. He's wonderful, isn't He? Amen. Isn't it amazing that He lives inside you? Have you ever wrapped your mind around that? God, all of the Trinity... All of the Trinity lives inside your body Amen. through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Doug, that is absolutely amazing. Amen. It is incomprehensible. And yet it's true. And you can feel Him sometimes, right? Amen. Though it's not based on feelings, it sure feels good feeling. Amen. Wonderful. But Jesus used these men wonderfully And in case you don't think that their ministry registered in heaven and that they were not significant even though they were common, did you know their names will be inscribed on the foundation of the holy city and it will remain there for all eternity? Their names, those 12 men. So what you do is lasting in heaven, right? You're making investments with your life Oh, thank God for that. Don't waste your time. Invest in things above because it will be there with you forever. Well, this life is long forgotten. Now let's look at three things that these men were given to make them better servants and they apply to you and I in here tonight. First of all, they were to proclaim salvation. The first part 
of verse 2. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. This was their single purpose. It meant more than anything, more important than anything else in the world, was sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we preach that same message today. And the apostle defines what the gospel is. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, uh, More brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. And then in verses 3 and 4, he defines it. He said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the testament of Jesus Christ. And you can't share anything more wonderful than that, more needful than that in this 21st century. You know what that boy needs that raped that 16-year-old girl? He needs the gospel of Christ. He needs to be saved by the grace of God. That's what that boy needs. That's what everybody needs. They need to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The average church today shares everything but the gospel. Disgusting. Frustrating. Embarrassing. I don't know what's happened in so many pulpits across America, but the church is here to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's not doing that, it's out of business. doesn't matter what size it is, what sort it is, or how important it may seem, how influential it may be. It's out of business if it's not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's amazing. Romans 1.16 says, It is the power of God unto salvation. That word is dunamis, which we get our English word dynamite. It is the dynamite of God. It shakes people up. Case in point, a lady here last Sunday morning, a visitor, after the service, walked out the door, visibly shaking, tears running down her cheeks, wouldn't even stop, just went on out the door, wouldn't talk to me, nothing. But you know what did that? It was the gospel of Christ. And it still works. It's not the messenger, it's the message. And you're messengers and you can do what preachers can do. It doesn't have to be the preacher. You share this wonderful, powerful message and it shakes people the very foundation of their lives. Gets them under conviction and their need of a Savior. And it's the only message that will work. Social reform won't do that. The average preacher today, if he met the prodigal son in the hog pen, he'd fix him a sandwich and repair the hog pen, remodel it all, and say, you go ahead and live here. No, he needs to get out of the hog pen and get home. Amen. There's a second thing you'd like to know what it is to say, amen. Not only was it a matter of proclaiming salvation, but they were to have compassion. The latter part of verse 2. And to heal the sick. Now, I said... Why is there so much emphasis on physical healing in Jesus' ministry? Why? I mean, everywhere you read, not only Luke's gospel, but the others. It was Jesus healed this one, that one, and He gave the disciples power to heal people. Why? Why so much emphasis on physical healing? Because that was the most personal way Jesus could show that He cared for people. Most personal way. They were hurting They were in agony. They were miserable. They had lost their physical health. And that was the most personal way he could relate to them was to heal them of their physical infirmities and get their attention and prove to them he really did care. That's why he healed so many. Oh, he cared about them, yes. Very much so. But it was a means to an end, and that was to get their attention 
that they had even a greater need, and that was to know Him as personal Savior. But there's so much emphasis here on physical healing in our Lord's ministry. And He sent these disciples. They even had power over demons. That's amazing. It really was. Jesus could have done it another way instead of physical healing. He could have looked at a mountain, picked it up, and thrown it into the sea. And people would say, did you see that? That's amazing. But it wouldn't have been as personal to them as reaching into their lives and families and healing their diseases. Am I right? And so he wanted them to know he really did care about them and he used it on a personal level to convince them of that. Then there's a third thing. It was a ministry of faith. Now listen carefully to this. Verse 3, he said, Now don't take anything on your journey. Uh, don't take a script or bread or money or anything else. Just get out there and get at it. Now wait a minute. This is during uh, that ministry. And you listen carefully. But Jesus did this for two reasons. First of all, to discourage personal gain on their part and to convince the public that they were not in it for money. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse 8, Freely you receive, freely give. That's a far cry and a total contradiction from today's faith healers who are totally in it. For the money. Kenneth Copeland leads the crowd. Listen to this. He's worth $300 million. $300 million. And he's a fake and a phony. He's never healed anybody in his life. Now if he could raise somebody from the dead like Jesus did, he'd get my attention. I'd at least hear what he had to say. But he can't do that. You don't know anybody. You've never met anybody that could heal one soul of one thing. Our Lord is the great healer. But we are to pray for each other, right? That our Lord would help and our Lord would heal. And that's not to discourage you about seeking healing at all. If you need healing for physical problems, Jesus cares about that. Amen. Kenneth Copeland worth $300 million. Benny Hinn's worth $60 million. He was worth a lot more, but he got into a lot of trouble with the IRS, Frank. And that cost him a lot of money. And a lot of his parishioners, a lot of his followers found out he was pocketing a lot of the money that was supposed to be going out and investing into the ministry. But that's why he drives a Rolls Royce and has a private jet. But these men are a total contradiction from the faith healers that Jesus sent out. Jesus said, I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody to think you're in this for what you can get out of it. And I don't want you to think you're in it for what you can get out of it. That's not what it's about. It's about helping people. Amen. Now, later on, after this time, the Apostle Paul established the principles for the ministry in this day. And here it is in 1 Timothy 5.18. The laborer is worth his hire. Now, here's the thing. After the Apostle Paul finished his ministry, he was not healing anymore. And if you look through the book of Acts, faith, personal healing, physical healing transitions out. It starts getting less and less and less in the book of Acts. And by the time you get to the epistles and the apostle Paul, later on in his ministry, even Paul did not heal anyone. 
and he died a sick man. You say, well, why is that? Because it was no longer needed. The reason the Lord used uh, physical healing so much for the Jews, and it was for Israel to get their attention. It was for unbelievers. It wasn't for believers. These faith healers have got it backwards. It was for unbelievers. Most all who were healed were unbelievers. But the reason for that was to get Israel's attention because they wouldn't even pay any attention to you if your message was not accompanied by signs and miracles. That's just the way they were. And so Jesus accommodated that by healing a lot of people and so Israel would believe on Him. But even that didn't even work with them. But after He moved away from Jerusalem, moved away from Israel, opened it up to the Gentile world, there was no longer any need for those gifts and ministries of faith healing. No longer any need of it. Because they had the completed Word of God. The full revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why when you get through the end of Acts, you don't see many people being healed. And in the epistles, not at all. Because... The Lord has one thing in mind, getting out my gospel message. Amen. Telling poor sinners, I came, I loved them, I bled and died for them, I paid their sin debt, I want them to be saved and go to heaven with me. That's the purpose of it all, is preaching and teaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do here. And that's what we are doing here. And that's what we'll continue to do here is making much of Jesus. If we make much of Jesus, He will make much of us. Amen. He really will. He'll meet our every need. And you know, there's a wonderful promise if you and I will stay at it. And it does get discouraging sometimes. But if you just stay at it, here's this wonderful promise. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Every time we meet together, we're sowing seed. We're sowing seed. And the Lord waters it and waters it. Maybe through you, you water it a little bit with your efforts and your testimony. And then the Lord said, you know what? You keep this up and I'll give you a harvest of souls. I'll make sure people get saved. Isn't that promise wonderful? Amen. I love that. And so Christian messengers, all of you, what are you to possess when you go out and talk to people? You're to share the gospel. Not talk about current events or politics or anything else. Get to it. Now, I don't mean knock them in the head with it. Get acquainted with them. Warm up to them. To let them know you care. And then ease into spiritual things. That's what you're talking to them about. Share the gospel. Have compassion. Let them see a tear trickle down your cheek every once in a while. It's hard to push back tears when people see you weeping over them. It's hard for them to shake that off. Isn't it? Uh, tears are a language all their own. And then it's a ministry of faith. We just go out because we're told to go out and tell everybody about the Savior. So here it is, Christian messengers. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand if you will. Oh, good to see all of you tonight. God bless you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful we can be here tonight. And share this time and be encouraged together. I cannot read this book without it warming my heart. And I pray that it warm the hearts of everyone here today. Bless them in all their prayer requests. We're not forgetting them. Though we're going out the door, 
We're taking the prayer request with us. Bless Sunday with a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Mingle a little bit before you leave, and we'll see you Sunday. God bless you. Jesus I shall see when 